Hello, welcome to the Love Rosie podcast, the show discussing the 2014 film Love Rosie, five minutes at a time, with Ellen Asprey and Luke Allen. Hello, I'm your host, Ellen Asprey, and I'm here joined by my other host, Luke. Um, Hello. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about the next part of Love Rosie, which is the 21 minutes till 26? 25, I think. Is it? Oh, we okay. should know 25? how minutes Yeah, 25. <laughs> So we were talking about that scene, which is, it's got a lot going on, but we'll, we'll see. So Rosie has just got the news from Boston about going to university there, and she's run over to Alex's house, and they've knocked on the door, and here we are. Claire's offered a cup of tea, there you know, <laughs> in, in true Claire fashion. Mm-hmm. Do we see her ever again in this film? I can't remember after this. I don't think we do. I think she's we probably might at the wedding her... or something. Yeah, I think we see her maybe once or twice after this, maybe. But I honestly don't know. What I love here in this sequence is when they're actually sat there and they're just waiting. We have just the silence and cuts between camera angles that just like expresses so much awkwardness mm-hmm. that it's just really yeah. well done. It's a. It's a very awkward scene. And the tied up joke from the last episode carries on. <laughs> it gets paid off here with Rosie being shocked at the noises she's hearing, going, Is that Bethany? Uh, so when you said he was tied up, you actually meant tied up. Um, I should go any second now. And then both Claire and Bethany in sync say, Oh, Alex, where did you learn to do? It's kind of horrific to imagine that this is the relationship she has with her brother. Like, that yeah. just seems so odd. Yeah, that just, seems a bit strange, isn't it? Or something. Then that, I feel like that would make so much more sense. But this just. But because so... it's his sister. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like from this set, you instantly know that, you know, Alex is a little bit more richer than yeah. Rosie. Which, to be honest, I never really thought about until, you know, seeing this scene. Because at the very I mean, beginning, neither of them be... seem to be particularly financially struggling. Well, no, no, no. But um, I feel like the set design in Alex's house is a lot more prestige looking. The actress who plays Claire is Sive Marlin. But anyway, so that happens. Um, and Rosie, Rosie throws is... up. Yeah, Rosie oh, sorry. throws up. <laughs> I was going to say that, but thanks. <laughs> yeah, you Rosie lagged for a second and then I spoke. Uh, oh, then, yeah. whatever, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Rosie throws up. You know when she's sick? Do you assume this is pregnancy straight away? No. Or do you think it's just gross? I thought she's it was just her cause... because she likes Alex and she's just hearing him have sex with another woman. Yes, like, that's literally what I thought. The that's fact that I we thought. go straight from here to, oh, I guess I'd better go to the to the chemist. I thought that's a bit off. I was like, that, we needed something a little more. <laughs> Especially where, as far as we're aware, she's been sick once. I haven't seen her be sick any other time, so I'm guessing so. And she doesn't look. She doesn't look ill either. Do you know what I mean? Because she said when she's at the chemist, she says that she's been sick a few days. We should have seen at least one more of them. Yeah, I think so too. To like establish that it was pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. And that squelch noise where she's sick. <laughs> it's. I think it's too much. Just sick. It's, yeah. No, it uh, makes no, sense. I've heard but that. Like no, the, but the thing yeah. is, I've heard it in real life, so. Okay, I feel like fair. it's pretty normal for that sound. Maybe. It just felt very loud. Not myself, by the way, guys. Just other people. Other people. Um, legal reasons as well. Don't worry. So the song yeah. that we that we hear as Rosie goes off to the chemists. 
Do You Believe by Bo Black, which was released in 2014, and as far as I'm aware, isn't very well known piece of music. It took me a while mm. to figure out what it was. I did that wonderful thing with Siri when you ask him to when you ask her to name that tune, and you know that is that is one of the best thing the best things from Siri. I think is to just be able to hear a piece of music and ask Siri to name the song. It's, it's so helpful. Wow, I've never heard of that before, but you know yeah, you can li- you can day. literally you can literally just say like, "Hey Siri, what song am I listening to?" And then if it's in, I'll just listen to about like ten seconds of the music and then tell you what song you're listening to. And it's yeah, I didn't it's know good. that. I don't know. I I tested it randomly once. Yeah, maybe that's our question of the week. No, maybe maybe I'm just could be getting really boring. (laughs) Random. I don't know. No, it's it's not like a known feature that everyone talks about. I just tested it once because I was trying to figure out what a song was, and I was like, I'll just ask Siri. I'm also really surprised that I've said Siri multiple times and my phone's not responded. Yeah, my phone hasn't even come up. I guess it's kind of voice activated, so it wouldn't come up. Siri. Oh, it hasn't come up. Anyway, it's all the time it's when I my say something that sounds vaguely like "Hey Siri," then Siri decides to to pop up. Yeah, apparently not when I'm actually saying it. Um, mm-hmm. so there we go. And Ruby is played by uh, Jame Winstone, um, who was in Tomb Raider and Kiddledhood. Um, I, I think she yeah. does really well. Very over the top. I think it suits it. And I don't. I, what I love is I don't think from this scene you expect her to be like the best friend character. Oh no, 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 no! You expect her to just be that annoying person that probably tells everybody about it and then ruins Rosie's life even more. Yeah. But instead, I don't know. She seems nice. Well, later on, I guess. Because when we see her originally, she's got like red hair, short hair, smoking, all that kind of stuff, and uh, the music's really loud in there. Yeah, and I think it's a really interesting choice for a rom-com to show the protagonist meeting the best friend. Because the best friend is a character in, like, every rom-com. Yeah, that's just there. But they're normally there from the start. So the fact that she meets the best friend 20 minutes into the film is quite shocking. Yeah, and I think it's also probably more realistic in a sense. Because you never really meet a best friend forever. I guess I, the thing is, Alex is a best friend as well. So yeah, I'm wondering whether maybe the reason we go yeah. so late is because she's having to replace what Alex was. Yeah, at that symbolism. Yeah. What do you think of this uh, pharmacy? Awful. <laughs> I would. It doesn't look like a pharmacy, does no, it? I mean, it looks it's like go to the whatever the nearest pharmacy, the other nearest pharmacy is. Don't walk into there. It doesn't look professional, and it kind of looks like a vape shop or it's like like a yeah. cigarette shop, doesn't it? Yeah. That's kind of what I thought originally. Um, it looks but, like the kind know. of place which, even in walking past, you'd speed up your pace as you. As yeah, you like a, a dodgy pharmacy on the side yeah. corner of a street. Yeah. Is Ruby a drug dealer? Is that what we're we're coming to terms with? Probably. I mean, she seems like it right now. Yeah. I mean, I is guess that bad it... to say? Yes, that's probably bad I don't to know. say. In many ways, isn't is a pharmacist not just a legal drug dealer? Well, I guess so. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Didn't think of that one. She doesn't seem professional. She's not professional, and I'm pretty sure like people go to university for like seven years to do pharmacy oh. and stuff, don't they? Yeah. And she's just there because her parents own it. <laughs> but where are they? That's the question. That, I don't know. I don't know. Um, 
So do you want to read Rosie out the dialogue? Comes, Rosie comes in and Ruby's coming. And then Rosie says, are you supposed to smoke in here? My parents own the place. They want me to help out. I'll set the terms. What's up? Oh, right. Um, I've been feeling sick like every day. Maybe you could just give me a pill or something. Any diarrhea? No. Fever? No. Stomach cramps? No. Well, have you missed a period? No. Virgin? No, but I took the morning after pill. 90% safe, 10% the catch. There's a loo here if you want to use it. And then uh, she uses it. And we and... hear many an expletive. Yeah. And uh, we find out that she's pregnant. Yeah. And we're like, oh, crap. But what I love is that, A, um, like you don't get many rom-coms that 20 minutes in. <laughs> The character's pregnant and decides to keep a child. Mm-hmm. Or like, like, just gone, everything's just gone to crap. Yeah. Um, but then on the other part, I also like, it's the fact that we don't actually blatantly, I don't think ever, hear her. It sounds so stupid because it's so obviously shown, but it's a big example of show not tell. We don't ever actually hear her say the phrase, I'm pregnant. We see her look at the stick, panicked, and we go, she's pregnant. And that's it. That's yeah, all we it's need. true. It's true. We don't need to be. We don't even get shown. But I feel thing. like it's kind we of obvious, know. though. Yeah. Because she comes out and she's like, "Oh." And then, yeah, and then we cut to her doing the emails. But have we got anything more to say about the pharmacy first? Because I feel like we've skimmed through this quite quickly. <laughs> we have skimmed through it quickly, but I feel like there's not really much to say. Like it's a pretty simple scene. Like the the bit of dialogue. Um. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think that's fine. I like the lighting. How it's yes. very dark behind them, but they're brightly lit, both of them. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. I think it looks really nice. Although it is, I th- yeah, I think this works for this film. Um, but there, there is a scene. There's a shot coming soon that I just, I don't think it really fits. But we'll talk about it in okay. two seconds. I have a feeling that this shot you're talking about is going to be the bit which is also one of my favourite bits in the film. <laughs> it's, it's a, no, it's a really nice shot. But does it fit with the film? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the thing is, I think what we're realizing more and more is this film is consistently inconsistent. Yes, it is. And yet, that in itself works. Yeah. Yeah, Because there's multiple things, especially last week with like the Dr. Dick or whatever his name was and those sorts of jokes. I was like, does this, is this totally right with the film? And we we settled on. I'm tied up. Yeah. And we settled on no, but it works. And we've Mm -hmm. said that quite a lot. So basically, this film is consistently inconsistent. So we get uh, narration. We cut to Rosie. I hate, I hate the narration. I just can't do it with the emails. I know. I'm sorry, I'm going to say a lot about this because a lot comes to me when I think of it. So, like with the narration here, I know that in the real book, so where rainbows end, is that the book? Yes. The um, emails are kind of emphasized. Yeah. And I feel like that's what they're trying to do in the film. But in my opinion, they put it too late. The narration is after. You can see it on the screen. So I'm able yes. to read it before the narration. So it just seems like I'm listening to it twice and it just seems so pointless. Yes, it, it, it it's very spoon feedy. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that it's consistent. That's the one thing. It's the fact that they didn't use it in one bit and then get rid of it. Yeah. So whilst I dislike it, that's what it, I mean. I'm like I wouldn't. I don't think I would it. want it in the first bit. But I think we just said that it worked, didn't we? In the end, I'm not sure because it worked for the for the fact that the virgin boy 
is no longer or Virgin Boys no more, whatever his message was. The fact that that wasn't said, that worked and that was quite well done. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, I don't think we need it at all. Like, I feel like her anger, especially towards the last bit that she types, is kind of, I don't know, like, I feel like it would have been more angry if we just read it and heard her typing rather than her voice. Because I feel like her voice kind of settled it, like made it more subtle, and I just don't think it worked quite as well. I said that very posh, quite as well. Ralph Wagenmayer does a really great score for the film. This could have just been in his score. His score is brilliant. We could have just had her emailing and his music over it and we'd be fine. Yeah, that's what I mean. We would have got away with that. I just don't, I don't know. I don't think it quite works for me. Um, But yeah. I know it's trying to emphasise the emails because obviously that's from the book, but I just don't, I don't know. There's something about it that kind of makes it feel cheap and tacky and I don't think, I don't know, I don't like it. What do we think? This is so such a silly thing to say. What do we think about their perfect punctuation and grammar in their messages? <laughs> well, I can't relate. I uh, wish I could, but I can't. My punctuation in messages is tragic. Um, I feel like because I type so frantically... I, I normally tend to be alright with punctuation, but I know that I'm a minority with that. So I found it weird watching here where even when she's typing out her FU message, she still uses a hyphen and commas and <laughs> exclamation marks. But then I feel like, especially with emails, you do. Maybe maybe you do with emails more. Because I definitely put punctuation in with emails. Yeah, and this is kind of the instant messaging period, which I think we've kind of missed but I mean, we get we got dms obviously but i feel like the actual chat rooms and instant messages is a thing which yeah i think was just before our time and i feel like because she's only texting him she's probably not texting many other people so it's like punctuation is kind of just something they naturally do yeah and maybe you know she I mean? yeah and maybe because of how much she likes alex she overthinks every message she's sending to the um, point of mm, I don't of know. like making sure I don't think it's so. right but I don't know. I wouldn't say so because obviously, I, I don't know. They've known each other for a while. She wouldn't be trying to impress him with the punctuation. He yeah. knows her inside out. Yeah, that's you know I mean? true. So so Rosie says, Alex, are you there? Can we meet? I'd love to, but Bethany's parents are taking us out to dinner at the Hazel. How posh is that? But yeah, it's right. Like when we hear he him narrating seems it, it inconsiderate. seems so odd. Yes, As I'm well. suddenly realizing this week. I've got. I wrote at the end of an end of my notes saying I'm suddenly realizing what Eddie meant when he said he hated Alex. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I see it now. He's actually not. Yeah, a I do actually. Nice guy. The yeah, fact that Eddie true. got that from a first viewing surprised me. Yes, because because this time I've only got that right this. now. Yeah, I've literally only had that right now. And then Rosie says, "Really? Well, f Bethany." F her posh parents, F the Hazel, and F you. And and then she deletes all that and types, okay, enjoy the meal. And oh, it is painful to watch. It's But it's, it's I think it's yeah. shot quite nicely. And is this when it leads into the shot that you're talking about? Yes, this is yeah. a very aesthetic shot in my opinion. I love it so much, but I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's a really nice shot to be fair. The colour is it red? I think it's red, yes. It yeah, is, it's kind it? of red, like a very pinky red. Yeah. With um. like very dark shadows. This shot is um like I said, really aesthetic. And I think that's because of the chiaroscuro. Chiaroscuro. <laughs> I've said it too many times now. 
chiaroscuro. Yeah, so this is when this is when you get like a lot of you have like a prominent bright side, but also very dark shadows. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So and this this has it perfect, and it's so nice because it, it wraps around Rosie, doesn't it? Yeah. My yeah. my notes here says this sequence with the slow camera push, the music and the crying mm-hmm. is so beautifully well done, brings chills and nearly makes me cry even now when I'm watching back the clip to make notes. I think it's because it's so raw. Yeah. And then I put may have to change my saddest scenes ranking as I completely forgot about this earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a this isn't a scene that you like particularly remember though, is it really? Because No, but it's so it's beautiful. Of, and the it music is really nice. Oh yes. my goodness, I keep mm-hmm. every every point of the show we do i get closer and closer to ordering the album on itunes of the score because ralph wagenmayer if you're listening ralph you're a genius but this this is the podcast intro isn't it the, um, the intro possibly, to our podcast yeah. is this this song well, isn't it's, it? it's, yeah. it's the same motif consistently this this tune yeah yeah yeah, the film. yeah so the version that we've got is actually a replication of a version that plays at the end of the end credits but mm-hmm. it's pretty much this bit yeah yeah this shot goes on for about 20 seconds. Yeah, I'm joking. We'll play the, we don't need we'll to go into music. that. <laughs> we'll play the music and the sounds of her crying because it's just... Yeah. Whew. And then it skips to the the cafe. Yeah. I feel like this scene, no, this five minutes kind of seems very short. I was going to say that. We've only been recording for like 40 minutes. And and we're nearly, we're we're 55 seconds from the end of the sequence. We need some tangents. There's not really much to say though, is there? So we we, 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 cut, we cut to a candle. That's the first thing we see. Mm-hmm. And it's a candle with the wax is kind of melting and it's burning down. Yep. And it's like the candle has not been lit. And it's like, is that is a metaphor? That I think her that's candle, going a bit too far for this. Her, her candle in life has not been lit because she had the opportunity to light it. But then the baby meant that she couldn't go forward and strike that match. That is her career. I mean, that's... Have you watched um, a YouTube video of that? And no, found it? I came up with that like when I was doing my notes, and I was really chuffed. <laughs> but I just only, I think only stuff because like there's this. so much focus on the candle. Like at first, I'm like nah, but we actually the fact that we open on the candle. I feel like scene, it was probably just because it looked nice. Maybe. And maybe set the scene a little bit more. But then again, if you kind of look at it as a film studies person, which you are. 
yeah. I guess you could say a whole metaphor. <laughs> how fun, how interesting. Christian Ditter, email us, let us know. Guest on the show. Yeah, let us know what you think. I think we should try and get Christian Ditter on the show by the end of this. Oh, I'm not entirely sure how, but I think we can try. It'd be pretty fun. Um, but hey ho. Uh, Alex comes rushing in to the table. This is the thing, right? He's late to the, the, the thing that they've just organised. So one, we already know that he's just so in his own world at the moment. Yeah, I hate Alex in this scene. Yes. My note does say here, is this the version of Alex that Eddie hates? It probably is the version that Eddie hates, because, I mean, I mean, the whole Alex thing, I think, is the reason why Eddie hates him. But the way he rushes in and then talks about himself, doesn't ask her anything, just straight away. So it's, okay, I'm sorry, Um, I, I, I've got news. Me too. Read it, and he hands it to her. He's actually very much like this in the Virgin Boy is No More sequence as well, where mm-hmm. he says, I've got news, and she says, me too, and then he yeah. just says his news. Like, oh. move on, Rosie. Get with someone else who actually cares about you. <laughs> um, but, uh, so... We've been best yeah. friends for ages, for, though. For, for minute can't. 20, I'm now deciding that I'm anti-Alex. Where the rest of this film, I'm going to root for Rosie to end up with Greg. <laughs> No, <laughs> there's worse. Greg is way worse. I, no, I think I think Alex redeems Phil. himself. I think Alex he redeems did, yeah, himself. Yeah, I think he does mature as a. And I think human. it's also because he's you know he's with the hottest, supposedly the hottest girl in the year. So like he's obviously going to want to spend all of his time with her, and also it's his first girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? So it's like obviously he's going to want to be with her, and not Rosie, which is a shame. So Rosie reads it, and she's clearly upset. Yeah, you can tell she's she's got her hair up, and her like her hair's never up, and also her eyes are yes. so red. I noticed this, but I also thought that I thought I thought that there was something to do with the makeup as well. Like, it, it felt like it felt like it might. It even wasn't be her the... makeup, but it was makeup no. to make her look sad. I think. Yeah, it felt almost to me like she was sad and tried to cover it up herself with makeup. Yeah. And it's kind of that, that pairing. Scholarship to Harvard. Alex, that's so great. Congratulations. It's unbelievable. Have you heard back from Boston College yet? No. Yeah, you'll get in. What about Bethany, if you told her? She'll be fine. So at this point, it's like, okay, so we see that he's been prioritising Bethany over Rosie. Yeah. And yet he hasn't told Bethany about his scholarship? Yeah. It's strange. It's and so also strange. And hmm. she'll be fine. Yeah, so she'll be fine just to me. It seems a bit like he doesn't really care. He's It also just seems about like himself. yeah, like a decision that a conversation that they'd have and a decision they'd have. Yeah. Like he's decided for Rosie about the plan for him to move with I her know, to America. I know. Like, at this point, I do feel genuinely sorry for Bethany. It's like she's had to put up with him having a best friend who is female, which is not going to be make her particularly great, even if they are just friends. Yeah. And then he's already off planning on going to America with her. Because say if say if Rosie wasn't pregnant, that is what would be happening. And he'd be going off to America with another woman. And he hasn't even consulted her about it. And I'm sorry, she, she's not a great person, but she does deserve better. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah, it's a clear example of why Alex is such a twat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And inconsiderate. An and inconsiderate then... bastard. Don't, don't put that and in. then the, the inconsiderate bastard side of Alex continues as he says, 
She's got this. Oh God, she's got this thing right about my hair. Yeah. But she literally yanks it and she pulls this funny face during sex. I've just written in my notes. Not exactly relevant, is it, Alex? Like, but, where no. was that coming from? I there know. was that. I, there was the nothing is, there. She. I mean, she's obviously sad. But where's the like? How have you been? Like, I haven't seen yeah. you in a while. Where's that? Yeah, because it has been a while. Because yeah. But then also, uh, also, if they put that in the film, I know it's annoying, but if they put that in the film, it'd be boring. Yeah. Let's be real. And Let's it would be, be instantly very exposition-y. Yeah. I've done it. I've literally, I, you know, there's a scene in Unstable, which I think is one of the worst written things I've ever done. Hello, Luke from Editing here. Uh, wanted to kind of protect that very weird self-promo thing that seems to be happening at the moment. Um, just to say that like the actors carried the scene really well. All the crew did it as best as we can. I'm really proud of Unstable as a whole, and it's probably my favourite released thing thus far that I've done. But in comparison to everything else, this scene is the weakest part of the film, in my opinion. And I always kind of cringe listening to it. Uh, but yeah, back to the point. I might play the audio here of the scene. There's a lot of rain, so it's not great sounding, but I'm going to play the audio of this scene from Unstable. Um, well, you know, he doesn't seem too different that's yeah. that's the weird thing you know i expected it to be full of melancholy at first but it, it isn't it's just it's, it's exactly the same maybe an easier question how are you i, I don't know i feel like de depressed and and, and and really happy at, at the same time i i wish it were tangible i, I yeah. I don't know. You're bound to feel like that. I mean, you just found out your dad's only got a few months to live. <laughs> and you're so head over heels in love with me. You didn't deny it. And whenever I watch that back now, I just cringe. It's like, come on, like, you know, show not tell here. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Mm. yeah. But, you know, we live and learn. Um, but I think it would have gone down this route, uh, if they that route if they'd done this, where it's like, how you're feeling, and then she delivers a big monologue about all of her emotions at this current time, and yeah, which I don't think would have worked. So, what else have we got to say about this sequence? Not a lot, really. I mean, it's really difficult with this five minute in this particular part because it's so fast, like fast paced, and also the end. It's kind of doesn't really end, so it's just kind of like it's like a really awkward finish. Yeah, we had a great start. We started at a brilliant point today. Yes. But the end It kind of is... faded a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, do we do we move on to our question? Have we got anything more to say here? Because I feel like I we shouldn't leave it because we've said hardly anything, but there's nothing else to say. She's wearing is... blue, which represents sadness, maybe. Because she's, she's feeling a, a bit, bit blue. That's a bit film study People don't want to hear that. No, I'm joking. I guess it does. But she just looks sad. She looks sad. And it's annoying that Alex can't see that. Yeah, this is Alex at his most punchable. Do you want to give us... Are we doing film of the week today or are we going to do questions first? Uh, I don't mind. Which, which way around should we go? I think film of the week. I don't like saying too much about the film because I feel like you should just go watch it if you haven't seen it. But my film is... The Isle of Dogs by Wes Anderson. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. That's all I have to say. Enjoy. Any plot? Is it all really it's about, spoilery? It's basically about all the dogs 
basically causing something, you know, the diseases and stuff. So they ship him off to the Isle of Dogs, which is called the Isle of Dogs at that point. It's not actually called that at the very beginning, but you know what I mean? It's like a trash island. Um, and the first dog from there goes, like the very first dog is, I think, the the mayor's son's dog or something. And it gets shipped off. And then that kid goes and find, tries to find that dog. And it's like a journey to find the dog. And that's about it. I've just, you don't need, don't need to watch it anymore, guys. You, you know it. It all. does sound like a good movie, but I remember it hearing is, some fun. people say they it's didn't fun. like it, and I don't know why. Obviously, like Wes Anderson, he's quite, I don't know, very distinctive style. Um, and I feel like if you don't like him as a director, then you probably won't like this film. But if you're interested in kind of something different and something very like, whoa, what's this? Like, this is really interestingly made, then go watch it. So, my film of the week is Cemetery Junction, which I've mentioned a few times, but I actually got round to re-watching it. And thankfully, it's still as good a movie as I thought. It's a coming-of-age movie set in the 1970s, um, which stars... Why have I forgotten his name? One of the... Bi- the, the, the Love Rosie guys. Hold up. I need to check my letterboxed. Christian Cook. It, it, it stars Greg from Love Rosie in the lead and he is actually a really likeable character uh, it also has um, Tom Hughes, uh, Jack Doolan Felicity Jones, Ralph Fiennes Ricky Gervais and Emily Watson in it with a lot of other cameos from like British comedy people and it's I just think it's a really great film it's just there's not a ton to say about it really because I don't really think there's much of a story it's just the standard coming of age movie but You've it's given nice. It a five it's sweet. star. I have. I Are you watching Average for this yet? one. Average. Average is three star for this. I haven't seen it, okay. so I might have to give it a watch. You should. You should definitely add it to your watch list. I don't know whether it's streaming anywhere at the moment. I'll add it now. Uh, oh. It's not streaming anywhere in the UK, so oh. whether you can find it. VPN, VPN. Who knows? Yeah, VPN maybe. I just really don't like Greg from Rosie. Love Rosie. But I so genuinely cool. didn't realise it was the same person. Until oh, you can tell. You it. can tell it's the same person. When you see his mannerisms in the film, he's completely different. Yeah. Like, it's it's quite interesting. Like, he's part of... It's a very kind of standard... It's a very nostalgia movie, I think. It's, a, yeah. it's very heavily, like, let's make a 70s coming-of-age movie. But it's... Mm-hmm. Um, like, he's part of, like, this gang that are about doing crimes, and he decides that he's going to be the one who's going to stop and try and turn his life around and get a real job, and it's it's fun. There's some really, like, hilarious comedy moments. Anne Reed <sighs> plays his grandmother, and Anne yeah. Reed in the thing whatever she's in she's always so funny it's just great it's fun it's a it's it's don't, it's a film you don't take too seriously it's just a bit a bit of a nice watch and i just really like it because i like gervais and merchant as a writer director pairing same with the isle of dogs it's just like an easy watch on like a sunday afternoon slash night evening um yeah go watch them go watch them if you haven't already um yeah so the question of the week the very um you know <laughs> Much conflicted question mm-hmm. of Marmite. Where are we at with this? I have a feeling we. Today? Yeah, sure. I have a feeling we lost. Yeah, we you lost. Think... Oh, we lost. Mm. We lost by that two is, votes. That is disappointing. Did you ask it anywhere else? Um, I posted it on Twitter, but I don't think it did anything there. I think I posted it on my personal Twitter as well because I suddenly remembered I could do that. Let's see what my yeah. personal Twitter had. Um. 
You, you read out this one and then I'll say what my Twitter okay. one was. For our Instagram, we had 11 voters for yes and 13 for no. So it's quite, it's close. It's close. It's close Very indeed. Close. Yeah. And it was seven votes on my Twitter, 29% yes and 71% no. See, strange people. But one guy commented no. saying, I voted no, but that's only because I've never had it. So I don't know. So don't vote, mate. Don't vote. <laughs> but I mean, we, we, we want you to, we want you to um, give us the answers anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Just vote yes next time. Um, we should check back in on the Marmite situation towards the end of the show, see whether anyone's changed their minds, found some sense. Um, yeah. What do we ask today? We could do something about sad scenes, because we've had a sad scene. We could be like, what? what's the, the saddest film? The saddest films. Films that make you cry every time. I'm trying to... I'm going to have to think what my answer is, um, but... Hmm. I've got a couple of possible ones. Which is like such a basic yeah. film. I I need to see that again, but I remember really liking it. Uh, if if liking it is the right word, I remember just I remember it's not that bawling good, but at it, the end. It's really sad um, and it makes me cry every single time. Yeah, I guess we can discuss our answers to this and then we read everyone else's answers next week. So Fault in the Stars is yours. I think the girl. I think on the no. I don't. I don't think I want to say yet. Okay. Because I haven't. No, that's answer. fair. Off so the top know. of my head, my answer may change by next week. The girl in the cafe is the one I'm thinking yeah. of. Oh, the Green Mile though. Oh, the Green oh, Mile. Yeah. Green Mile. That's true. Um, I've heard Shawshank Redemption is uh, very sad, but I've never seen it. Yeah, we should. I I need to watch it again. It's been years since I've seen it, but I remember. Yeah, yeah Shawshank. I don't remember anything other than coming out of it going, that was a good film. And that's it. That's all I remember. Um, but I think there were sad moments. I mean, About Time makes me cry a lot, but I feel like that's not really... Yeah, that's uh, because of the... the yeah, that's, yeah. We've spoken about this before. Yeah, and then um, there's another Richard Curtis movie called Mary and Martha, and that is a powerful film. That's about two... It's got Sam Claflin in it, actually. Yeah. Uh, but it's mostly about two mothers who whose sons both go on a trip to Africa and they both die of malaria. Like, the sons didn't know each other, but it's the two mothers meet up and bond over the fact that both their sons have died and try and, like, fight yeah. for the government to give more money to malaria campaigns. Mm -hmm. And it's a very, very sad movie. But it's also quite... No. I was going to say it's quite uplifting, but it's not really. It's just... It's one of those which you go into it knowing you're going to be sad. And then you just are sad for two hours but i like it it's a well-made sad film yeah. um, but so yeah drop us your answers well i mean obviously you're gonna we're already gonna have your answers by the time this is released so that's no that's no use but um i think that's that's about it really we have to say this feels so wrong it feels like we've forgotten something really important yeah like i feel like <laughs> i've missed a huge chunk from this five minutes what is going on that was love roti 21 minutes to 25 minutes Right. Yes. I've got that wrong a few times now, so uh, I'm glad I got Good that right. <laughs> this is this is why we normally only record once a week because I know, twice I know. a week apparently breaks us. I know. Apparently, it's not going so well. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's that the minutes, and I think this is a very crucial part of the film. I like it. I like this bit. 
a lot happens, so it's like, whoa, what's going on? But it keeps the the film very fast paced and very entertaining that you constantly are up watching it instead of like going on your phone because it's getting a bit boring and you don't actually miss stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, if you put went on your phone, you would miss a lot. In yeah, I remember film. when I first saw this i was on my phone at this very moment i think but it was me messaging you saying i'm watching the film and it's getting good <laughs> yeah and you missed it probably <laughs> yeah probably i remember i know i hang on no, it was a little, a little later actually i think because i think i messaged you when she gave birth because i was like yeah you i didn't expect it to be yeah. so sweet <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah w- ellen where can our listeners find you on social media oh i was gonna say um so if you want to go find us you can go check us out on the at love rosie pod um, account on Instagram and you can find mine and Luke's personal accounts via that um, do you want to say the, e- the emails and Facebook and Twitter yeah I was going to say <laughs> yeah we're also Love Rosie Pod on Twitter and Facebook and you can email us at loverosiepod at gmail.com yeah and that's it <laughs> sorry this, this was such a short I mean maybe it's going to end up being one of the longest ones who knows yeah like maybe there's less that we're cutting out this time and to the listeners it might be literally no different okay thank you guys for listening um see you next week listen next week (laughs) the love rosie podcast theme is performed by ethan o'mahoney and is a cover of reprise from the love rosie soundtrack originally composed by ralph reaganmayer the Love Rosie podcast is produced by Bottle Productions and is distributed by Lemon Drop Studio. For more podcasts and blogs, visit lemondrops.com. <laughs>